The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. This is Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. So win today. They uh, swept the San Francisco Giants. They are now just a game and a half behind the Brewers, who did lose two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the Brewers are 77 and 62. The Cubs are 76 and 64. Think Talsh feels your Cubs breathing down his Brewers neck? I don't know. It's a good question for Talsh is a Brewers fan. Uh, We'll bring him in in just a second. Also, uh, the NFL season begins tomorrow. And uh, we will be out at Timothy O'Toole's in Streeterville. We've got a pair of Bears tickets to give away for a future Bears game courtesy of Miller Lite. So come see us at a great, iconic Chicago bar, Timothy O'Toole's in Streeterville. That's 622 North Fairbanks Court. It's right downtown. And uh, Rare is a Waddle and Sylvie broadcast in the downtown area. So if you work downtown, if you're in the city, come on out. Usually they send us miles and miles yes. away. Usually Mokina, Aurora, somewhere in the Station, far in the western suburbs. Station helicopter gets a workout quite a bit this time of year. So if you are in one of the office buildings, if you work in the loop, if you're on the north side, you're on the south side. Uh, if you're in the city, come on by and see us. We will be at uh, a great, great spot. Timothy O'Toole's 2-6 to six tomorrow to celebrate the start of football. Let's bring in Tausch right now. He does great work with Wildy. Him and Wildy uh, have worked for ESPN Milwaukee, uh, ESPN Madison. They do. Uh, they cover the Packers. We've been on their show. They've been on our show. Tausch, of course, played for the Packers. Uh, and uh, is is really good at what he does, and uh, he joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Tosh, are you a Brewers fan? That's what Waddle wanted to know. Of course, I'm a Brewers fan. What? And of course, you, you think we're worried about y'all? We're not worried about y'all. Well, who are you worried what? about? No, you, I just heard you guys talking. You think you know, I'm worried about the Cubs breathing down our necks? No, we're not worried about the the Cubs are still in rebuild mode, aren't they? Well, not anymore. I mean, no, I mean they're in playoff team, mode now. When your team yeah. drops two to the Pirates, I'd yeah, say you're in rebuild I'm not mode. Gonna, I'm not going to lie. Oh, burn. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm getting a little bit uh, concerned. But uh, oh, see? I think a little bit. I mean, what do you want me to we're, We were up by four. Now it's two, and we lost a couple to the Buccos. But I think our starting pitching and what we've been able to do – we're going to be there when it when it counts, and it's the last series of the season, right? I think we're all kind of hoping it comes down to Cubs Brewers at yes. Amfam Field. Yeah, let's do it. Listen, I think we're all on board with we, that. We, should, the three of us, should do an NL Central podcast weekly because I'm a Reds fan. I'm born and bred in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, let's do an NL Central podcast. That will keep the, the lights the on. The three of us. <laughs> I'm brainstorming hey, here. You guys, <laughs> I'll meet. Come on, hey, I'll meet. I'll meet you at the ninth green at nine o'clock for that one. How's that? It's not very nice, Tausch. Can I can I tell you a story about Tausch really quick too? Please do. Before instead of talking trash about the Cubs and the Brewers, which I will do later, but it, it, like three or four months ago, the weirdest thing happened to me. Tausch played for the Packers and everything. I get a text from our boss, 
And which boss? We had the a big lot boss, of them. The big okay. boss. Okay. And and he says, "Hey, Tausch's tickets to go on like some sort of a a a dinner a train. Excuse me, a dinner train. Uh, it, it's this Sunday. There's a dinner train out of Union Station. Can oh you, yeah, can you go? And I'm like, you know, I I, I got I kind of got some stuff." And I go, why? I go, why hasn't Tausch reached out? And he goes, our boss Keith Williams says Tausch is weird about this sort of stuff. What does that mean? And I didn't know. I go, do you have any details about any of this? What do you mean? There's a dinner on a train. What do you mean <laughs> he's weird about this stuff? <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like he's got this go between. Like he he says that Tausch doesn't like let anyone know about what's going on. He's a last minute dude. He gives no details. So you explain yourself, Tausch. What was this dinner train thing, and why don't you invite people firsthand? Uh, okay, so first off, don't let Keith fool you. I invited Keith and his wife because Keith obviously was up in Madison with us for a long time. And there was a, a short amount of tickets. And then he said, I can't go, but you care if, you know, Waddle or Sylvie goes. I said, be great. You know, I think everybody would enjoy seeing, a, you know, the best sports talk show in Chicago to come on. So, I, yes, absolutely. So I didn't, it was never, I'm going to invite Waddle, I'm going to invite Sylvie. I told Keith invited him he couldn't go and then last minute i said well we still have these two tickets we're gonna be down there i brought uh there's four of us that went it was a train this guy has a a private train that he takes all throughout the country he was in town there was the restaurant associations deal over at mccormick place so we went down there had a great time drinking and eating and laughing on a train uh, and then we went out, and I thought, boy, it would be fun. I'm glad Keith invited you guys. And that was the last I heard of it. So I don't know where Keith is getting this, I didn't invite you. I'm weird about it. I would have loved for you guys to have come. So really was just, a, it wasn't even an invite for us. It was only because no. Keith couldn't go. Well, here's the deal. When I was your guys' insider, and we, you confirmed that last year, right. and then you sure. went behind my back and rehired Wildy as the insider, uh, my feelings were hurt, so that's why I said, you know, I wanted Keith, and then he obviously wanted you guys to replace, and Wildy, then I wanted... Wildy threatened our lives. You're really afraid of Wildy. Well, he threatened I'm our wild. lives. Yeah. He no. threatened us. He did. I can't, I can't imagine that you guys are actually afraid of him, but I understood it, so I think we could put that, to, but I would have loved for you guys to have come, and I promise you, you would have had... It was one of the more unique parties. This guy literally cooks his train on the back, goes through Glacier National, goes to Alaska. He, this is his deal. And I'm hoping one of these days, and if we get a full train ride from here to Montana, I'm going to make sure you guys are invited. How long would that take from here to Montana? Uh, probably longer than you'd want. <laughs> but if it's a party train, I mean, yeah, like, party you know, trains well, are fun. Listen, everywhere you go, it's a party train, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. pretty much. It's yeah. kind of, it is kind of cool, but I've never been invited to a dinner train. Have well, you, you were, and you passed it up, and yeah. then you sort of. I was, it. it was, said, no, you were. I was, was kind of invited. It was like <laughs> it was a sympathy offer. And it was like a solo <laughs> offer. I couldn't bring yeah. my wife. I couldn't bring no, you anybody. Could bring, you could bring Tom. You could have brought Waddle, or you could have brought your wife. There was two tickets to come. See, yeah. I don't Do you know, know why you I, got the, you know why you got the offer because the Packers have won eight straight and thirteen of uh, of fourteen in this series. That's right. Way to put us on top. What a great segue! And you know what you wouldn't have gotten if, in fact, this was the week after the Bears beat the Packers for the first time in nine tries. You wouldn't have gotten an invite. That's what you wouldn't have. Gotten. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I'm a pro. I think, both, 
I, I think both points can probably be fair, but I just I'm I'm worried about you guys. I'm worried oh. about Bears fans. I'm worried about the entire because the press. I've has there ever been more pressure on a Bears team and a fan base? Everybody is excited. Aaron Rodgers leaves. That's finally an opening. We finally can do it. And if things go south on Sunday, I'm legit worried for your fan base because I think you might go into, and we already talked to Sylvia about it, he's going to be crying in the parking lot. I don't even think he's going to be able to do the post game yeah. on uh, ESPN 1000. If the Packers come in here and Jordan Love looks legit and has a great game, I don't know what you guys are going to do. You're going to melt down. Oh, there's no you know, question. Winter sure. is coming. Like yeah. if, if, if Jordan Love throws, is dropping dimes on us, it's football rapture. It's over. It's over. See, I could, I, Tausch, I will say this, that I will handle if uh, Justin Fields plays really good football and the Bears just get beaten by Jordan Love. Now, I, 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 I guess I will be depressed, but if, if Fields holds up his end of the bargain, that will be a silver lining. If Justin Fields doesn't play well and Jordan Love does, I will be in the fetal position in the parking lot. So now, after all this, the Aaron Rodgers ownership that you guys just went through, you're now looking for a silver lining if the pet. I mean, that's where you're at. You're looking for silver lining. I'm looking for a quarterback who can come to uh, the, the rivalry and at least fight fire with fire. Okay. Well, I think everybody is uh, expecting uh, Justin Fields to take another jump. I think everybody appreciates what he can do, how explosive he is. But if Jordan Love looks the part, and the way he's looked in the preseason, he looks the part, I I legit think that you guys, if somehow we end up with three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row, and you guys have went 80 years, Without a Pro Bowl quarterback? At no, a, no, no, no. Mitch went. Mitch went. Mitch went. Well, come on. Uh, first ballot. First ballot. Um, I think you guys, I don't want to say you're going to just give in, but I'm legit worried about you. I'll be legit worried about you. <laughs> this is a, a, the, the Mark Tauscher taunting segment. Yes. Tausch is. joining us, of course. He is a uh, Packer do, Hall of Famer. And, uh, do you guys, do you believe that the pressure is completely on Justin Fields and your team? Do you believe that? I believe Justin Fields for the season has more pressure on him than Jordan Love. Jordan Love's got a two-year deal, and there is probably, you could tell me, uh, you you have a better feel for for this than me, but I think that there will be some leniency with regard to how he'll be viewed if he's just kind of okay. Here in Chicago, they need to make a decision at the end of the season whether or not Justin Fields is their guy. So he's got to prove that he is their guy, and if he is their guy, Tal, she's going to make a couple hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. So I would say that Justin's got more overall pressure. I would say that Jordan's going to feel some pressure this, you know, to 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 start off the season down here in, at Soldier Field. But I, I again, I say that Justin's got more. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. And yeah, there's always. I mean, anytime you're a starting quarterback in the NFL and you, you're expected to win, but I, I just think that. This fan base, I've never seen it, is completely unified behind Jordan Love, excited for him, and I think very willing. Now, it's easy to say this stuff uh, before you play an actual football game, but it feels as if everybody's understanding that there's going to be some growing pains and it's not going to all be perfect and beautiful, but the idea that, hey, we have a guy that we like and we think is going to be a good player, 
there's going to be some leniency. Whereas I think if you're down in Chicago and you have a year like you did last year where he's hurt a little bit, are Bears fans going to be excited about that? If they're sitting there with the first or second pick again and that class of quarterback is out there, I think we all know Justin Fields isn't going to be the quarterback of the Bears in 2024. That is true. What do you think about uh, your quarterback? What what uh, what have you seen, and what do you think Jordan Love is going to be? So I'll, I'll be honest. Going into it after the transition of Rodgers and the off season, I was concerned just because you know you have a, a great quarterback, and when you let him walk out the door, uh, you feel better about it. And I think him playing in that Philly game, even though it was a fourth quarter and all the other stuff that people say, he looked good. And I have to admit, I went from being, okay, you know, let's see, to, boy, he has complete control of what's going on. Does that mean he's going to be awesome right out of the gates? No. But I think his command and how he approached the preseason and how the Packers approached it and how he looked, everybody's optimism level went from, okay, let's wait and see, to there's now, I think, the the belief that this can be a playoff team, which if you just told me that in June, I would have told you you're nuts. Now I think you look at it and say, why not? The division's there, and if Jordan Love plays at a just a good NFL starting, not a Hall of Fame, just a good player, which I think we all believe he can be, I think Green Bay is going to be a lot better than people think. So what was your thought? You were on the Packers when Favre was the quarterback and when Rodgers took over, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so what? give me the, the, the truth. When Favre leaves... Can you handle the truth? I can. <laughs> absolutely handle the truth. I've lived okay. through this, unfortunately. I don't think you can handle the truth when it comes to Packer quarterback. He, I don't know if he can I've, lived, I, I've, I lived, I've already lived through it, Waddle. I mean, it's already happened. And now you are showing that you can't handle the thought of a third yeah. guy. A third, right. I don't think he can. So, Tom, I don't. What were you legitimately thinking when Favre leaves... And Rodgers is the guy. Did you? When did you know that he was going to be really good? I knew. So we saw things in practice, but that you know that's always great. Oh, it's cute that he's doing this. You know, in practice, doing some things against the ones, but it was pretty obvious. We went down to Dallas in '07, and we're both ten and one. We played. It was a Thursday night game, and. Favre gets his elbow dinged and can't play. And it's the second quarter. We are getting run out of the gym. It's 17-3 to or whatever it was. We weren't moving the ball. And Rodgers takes us. We go down and score a tutter right before the half to cut it down to like a 10-point game. Then we we end up tightening the game. We get the ball back down three with a chance to win. Uh, We end up falling short. But that game and how he played under those lights, under those conditions, that told us, and I firmly believe, that told at that point the late Ted Thompson and everybody else said, "Hey, this guy can play." And from a team standpoint, that was that reaffirming moment. I think every teammate you go through and you say, "Hmm, yeah, he's got it." That moment I think kind of springboarded him and made the Packers allowed the Packers to make that transition a lot easier because they now finally saw some verification off of what they've been seeing in practice. Tell us, tell us what your thoughts are about the weapons in the huddle with him. Uh, you know, you Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed is a, is a first-year player. Luke Musgrave is a rookie tight end. So his top four weapons are second-year players or less. So there's some mm-hmm. inexperience there. Uh, do you like the group? I, I do like it. I'm sure you're surprised by that. But I, I just think Christian Watson has a chance to be special because he's got top-end speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's not polished yet. He, he's going to continue to get better, but he's big. 
And I think he is somebody that you're, you know, he might not be the crispest uh, route runner in the intermediate stuff, but as you guys know, speed just freaks defensive coordinators out. And I think with the running game that we should have with a really good O-line and two good tailbacks, and you put Christian Watson, you're going to have to see. And, you know, you guys saw that down in Chicago last year uh, when Christian Watson came on the scene. He changed the entire way that Aaron Rodgers and that offense played. He's now a year better. He's a year older. And I think he has a chance to be a special player in this league. Everybody else, there's a lot of youth. Uh, but I thought last year the group, it was not as athletic. It was not as threatening to defenses as it needed to be. And without Devontae Adams, the offense just sputtered way too much. And there weren't the big plays. Then Christian Watson emerges from his injuries, and the offense looked a lot better. So I like this group. I think there's a lot of things that have to continue to grow. I think there's going to be some hiccups. We just hope it's not this weekend. How about the defense? Because I always thought that your team had more talent than they did production. Like, you look at how they played last year, and the numbers really, from my perspective, didn't match up with, I think, what you guys have is well above average talent on that side of the ball. Well, you know, the whole storyline all all, uh, summer has been eight first-round picks, and, you know, when are we going to start seeing it? Is Joe Barry the guy? And those are all fair questions. And this defense has been – the epitome of mediocrity, right. 15, 16 ranked. And with all of that talent, you would think because Jair Alexander, he might not be the top corner, but he is in the conversation, top three guy in the NFL. Kenny Clark in the interior, he has had a great camp. He is a, he is a complete disruptor. So you start adding that up, and then with Rashawn Gary is healthy. When he went out last year, the defense dipped. The pass rush dipped. So – I think that group needs to prove itself because you're right. There's a ton of talent, but talent without production, what does it really do for you? So I think Joe Barry has got a lot of pressure on him to be better. He's changed things up. And, you know, Kenny Clark was mentioning that the run fits. Everything's going to look a little different than last year. We'll have to wait and see what that means. But that's a big key to this is being able to – obviously when you have a running quarterback like Justin Fields, you better be bowed up and, and have your P's and Q's all ready to go because they're going to test you in different ways, and we'll see if they're up for that test. I got a question about a Bears offensive lineman. Lucas Patrick has been hurt since they signed him. When he's healthy, can he play? Yes. You know what's great about Lucas? I think he's, he's not going to wow you with anything, but I think his versatility, and he is a solid guy that you know is going to go out, he's going to give you everything he's got, and he's going to know what he's doing. And for most O-linemen, that's good enough. Not everybody's going to be you know, a world-class athlete and you know, be a Hall of Fame player. You're going to give some stuff up. But Lucas Patrick, when you can play center in both guards and you can kind of help out on that day, on the, you know, the, when the game day roster's up and you're only dressed in seven, that's a big thing. So, yes, he can play now. That's two years ago. And NFL lineman age. So that's a question. You guys are, you guys are seeing him a lot more than we are. But I'm sure it's frustrating that he's not been able to stay as healthy as he probably wishes. Tals from experience. And again, the game was played a little bit differently when you played versus now in terms of how hard guys are pushed during training camp. But if you look at this Bears offensive line, and Lucas Patrick is is really good. This conversation is a good one because Lucas, like you say, he has the talent. But does he have the stamina to play 65 plays because he's missed pretty much the entire camp? The same goes for Nate Davis, who is an accomplished professional. 
How much will not being out there practicing during training camp, in your opinion, will that affect like guys like Patrick and Davis? It's a big deal. I mean, there's a reason we practice and there's a reason that you do that. But, you know, the thing is, it's really tough. And especially, I don't know what the temperature is going to be on Sunday, but nobody's played a full game in a long time. You can practice, you can do your reps, you can run. You can't replace taking 70 snaps in a game and having long drives. You can do all that stuff during training camp, but none of these guys. I mean, even in the, the old days, we'd play two, three quarters. We still, the fourth quarter, you just don't know. Now you gut it out and you figure it out. But even the healthy guys, it's a push. So when you're injured and missing a bunch of practice and not getting that time on the field, I would say that's a big concern. I'm sure that you know, whether or not you're going to rotate guys or do anything else, if it's hot, um, it's always a concern when you haven't practiced and you missed as much time as those guys have. You got the quiz for uh, Tausch and oh, me? Oh, yeah, Tausch. Uh, just because we like to, uh, you know, we like to spread all fields and we like to educate ourselves and our listeners. Sure. A new list came out from U.S. News & World Report, the top 25 countries in the world. Uh, okay. Would you like to take a stab at the top five and where America lands? So how is America? How is America. this? How is this judged? Like, what are we? Like, just best countries? Happiness is it? Yeah. Happiness? Uh, it's it's all of that stuff. It's all encompassing. Economy. The, the best countries in the entire world. So, Iceland and Norway are always at the top. Of the right. Country. Right. Yes. Absolutely. They're always. Uh, but I'm not Iceland gonna... and Norway are not at the top oh, okay. of this list. Well, they should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I'm, uh, I'm going to say the United States is in the top is in the top five. America, yes. Um, Am I right? I, I would agree with that, but I don't think the world views it that way. I think they're at 18. Oh boy, we're at 18. Coming no. in at number five, the United States yes, of America. Yes. Take that, we're back. Back. boy. We, we are back. We are back. <laughs> There's no question. What's one, Italy. Canada. Canada no. comes in at number two. No. Go ahead and look what's going on in Canada. Nobody can buy a house. <laughs> what do we do? Who's doing that report? I don't know. US I want News sources. World I want sources, sources on this. fire most of the time, All too. Right, let's see. Yeah. Well, well, well. Canada's out. Okay, that list is bunk. <laughs> okay. Get a new list. At number five, the United States. At number four, Australia. Oh, yes. All right. I've never been to Australia. I, I would like it's to go beautiful. to Australia. We'd like to send you. Is yeah. Italy hey. in the top five? Italy's Italy not. Italy should be. It's not Spain in the top five. In the top five. Spain is not in the yeah. top five. Spain, Spain is not five. is a Portugal. Sweden is number three. <laughs> number two, as I told you, was Canada. Number one, Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. I'm neutral on this list. Oh, that was <laughs> well played, sir. Thank you. you well Thank you. Played. Here's Thanks, their future buddy. train ride. Here's, so, uh, are you, so are you guys both? I, I'm assuming you guys are joining us tomorrow. I'm assuming Jesse has reached out. We're, we've we've, we've agreed. Been, and, not heard. Okay, well, heard. it's shocking that our producer hasn't done that. Um, do you guys, are you predict? have you made your prediction? Uh, yes, are you, yes. Uh, what is it? I have predicted that the Bears will win this game 23-20. to 20. Okay. So I'm not, you know, over the top. I think, look, anything... I expect anything really to happen, but I, I think the Bears should put their foot forward and win this game. Nineteen to eighteen Bears. That's you're hoping. That sounds like it, a hope. It, bet. It, it's total. It's a total. <laughs> okay. You you have predicted. It is a total hope bet. I have four Cairo Santos field goals and a rushing touchdown from Justin Fields. Okay. So what is your prediction? Uh, no, I think Green Bay comes in and wins. 
I'm sure you're shocked it by that. Like you, it sounds like yeah. you think it's going to be a convincing victory. No, 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 no. I, no, a late turnover uh, gives us a 10-point win. I think it's a tight wow. game most of the way. We're up three, and then Double I think digits. it's similar to last year's game where you guys pull ahead, you ride that emotion. It's a little, you know, everybody's a little amped up. It's Jordan's first start as QB1, and a late turnover, I, I think something like yeah, maybe 28-17, 27-17 if we miss an extra point. That's where I got it. See, here's the difference. Like, if you guys lose, I don't think you're going to be apoplectic, and I don't think we that you'll. If, no, if, we won't. If be. we lose and your quarterback plays well and our quarterback doesn't play well, oh, yeah, I think my partner's going to be yeah. checked in yeah. to oh, some yeah. facility. So just look at what your guy Brisker had to say, and then look at what Razul Douglas told our Jason Wildy, that, and that yeah. tells you everything you need to know. Uh, Douglas said that what rivalry? I've never lost to the Bears. And then Brisker said, was it Brisker that said, I hate the Packers? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah look, it's, and it's tough to argue with anything. Like, I got no rebuttal. Like, someone's like, oh, you didn't say anything back to Towcher. What am I supposed to say? Yeah. It's, it's 25 out of the Do last 29. The I hate my team more than I've hated the Packers. <laughs> that, like, like, that, like, that's why like, I, I think our team has owned themselves more than anything has owned the Bears. That's what I think. But all right, Tausch, we got to run. Get See out of here. All right. See you guys. See Mark Tauscher, Packer Hall of Famer. Jordan Wicks has done something that really no one else in, as a Cubs pitcher has ever done. I got to tell you what that is. It's really an incredible story. The Cubs have been an incredible story. They have swept the, uh, the I almost said Niners. I'm in football mode. The Giants. And uh, if you want to talk some Bears with us, 312-332-3776. All that next. Here's your chance to huddle with Chicago football icons. Enter for a chance to win the ultimate day on the water for you and a friend. A boat gating party with Discover Boating and Chicago football greats Matt Forte, Jerry Azuma, and Israel Adonage before the season opener on September 10th. Visit discoverboating.com slash boatgating for more details. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. I want to pass condolences along. I think the folks know that I do some moonlighting for another place, ESPN. And if you're a baseball fan, you know Tim Kirchin. Tim Kirchin lost his brother, Matt. That is hammered left field and on its way and gone. Miguel Amaya will touch them all. And I just wanted to say, pass along my condolences to the Kirkjian family. Amaya unloads. It is home run number five. Specifically with one uh, baseball player before, where you'd get that with an interruption. Miguel Omaya did it that time uh, to boo. But yes, I would. Uh, Tim Kirchin's a great guy and fabulous. My guess, too, is, is Boog thought with Amaya at the plate, it was probably safe. Safe, yeah. Like, this as is opposed time, this to is... Bellinger or Dansby Swanson or Ian Happ or Suzuki. This would be the time to actually maybe go in that direction, and you probably wouldn't be interrupted by a home run. 
As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Like when Castell, I was trying to explain this to my wife too. It came up this weekend when we had company over. My my buddy Trevor, who's a big baseball fan, our kids are big baseball fans, and we were trying to explain to them what happens with Castellanos and and how it happened originally and how it's happened like. What? Uh, how many times has it happened now? Total three I think, times. I think maybe? it's four now. Three or if four. I'm not mistaken. Like if you're a broadcaster and Castellanos comes to the plate now, you are only things baseball, no matter how big or small the lead is, right? You are. You're never talking about anything serious when Castellanos is ever at the plate because he's going to hit a home run. No apologies. You know. No, no apologies. No, no eulogies. No, yes. no, no nothing. Like you are just. It's Castellanos is at the play. Full baseball mode. So with Amaya at the plate at that time, you know, our buddy Boog is thinking, like, this is a good time to give a, uh, you know, a little love to our, our guy and, uh, and maybe give a little bit of a eulogy here to Tim Kirchin and his brother. But, uh, yeah, Amaya with a home run there. Um, so the Cubs did win today, though. Eight to two, I believe the final was. Was it eight to two? Eight to two. Jordan Wicks, um, the Cubs tweeted this out. It's just again, there are so many. Like it's a, a, a good topic for a day too when we have some time. Like, what is the biggest surprise of the Cubs season? Because you could make a case for ten of them. And by well, the way, yeah, uh, I mean we've got Young Bench, we've got uh, Brooks Madrigal. Um, did we come up with any other names, Tyler? Who else did we have? I mean, like, you've got guys that have, you, I mean, Talkman has had himself a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been guys that they have taken turns delivering. This what whole call ta- you call Talkman? Willie Talkman. Willie Talkman. Yes. And then uh, Tyler dubbed your closer, Mariano Alzale, right? Yeah. Mariano Alzale, yep. So we've got a full team. We've got a full team of Cubs up there on the north side that remind us of great. I don't even. Cody Gehrig, have we gone with that yet? I don't think so. Like a lot, of, I remember still to this day, take fielding the calls. And again, like I, I'm not saying that it, like everyone's wrong. I was I was wrong about the Cubs selling. Like, but again, like Jed was sort of with me and us about he wasn't convinced that they should be buyers until late either. But again, like I've I've taken the L on that, and I've enjoyed the hell out of this. But um, like I remember. All of the callers lined up saying, "What? What are the Cubs doing signing Bellinger?" Do you remember the, that day when I, I and I was adamant that this was a good signing, that there are no bad one-year deals, that that the this he would either help them win or they or or he would uh, you would get something for him, or if he would flop again, it was a one-year deal. That there was no lose, there was no loss for. Signing him didn't prevent you from doing something else. There, there, yeah, there, it was a one-year deal, and, and that's what it was. Like, Javier Assad, you could say, was, is the biggest surprise. What Javier Assad is doing. There have been, listen, I, I mean, every, we could spend the entire four hours talking about guys who have delivered and maybe in ways that we had no clue that they were going to deliver. Jordan Wicks, though, I was getting, uh, telling you about that. Jordan Wicks is the... The first Cubs starting pitcher since 1901 to record three straight wins to begin his career. Like here's Jordan Wicks, who's coming up, uh, a first round pick from a few years ago. 
decent numbers in 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 minor league baseball, like three and a half ERA, changeup guy, pretty you know pressure packed situation as well as your team's trying to make a push for the postseason, and you're losing guys, and you need him to step in and kind of fill a role. Yeah. And he's done more than just fill the role. He has excelled. So the Cubs sweep the Giants. Uh, we told you they're a game and a half now behind the Brewers for the Central. So the Central is still there to win. And also the Cubs are now just a game back of Philly for first place in the wild card. So what that would do is, you know, if you win the division or if you win the wild card here, depending, uh, obviously you want to win the division for better seating. But either one, you would have to play in the wild card round. You want home field advantage. Either one gets you home field advantage because in the wild card round, best of three, it's it's home field in that entire best of three. You don't change venue. Just remember when in 2020 in the in the uh, the COVID year, the Cubs faced the Marlins at Wrigley Field. All the games were at Wrigley, but the Marlins won that series. Yeah, there was no crowd. There was no quote home field so it was different this would be a full a full crowd you would you would feel the effect of having that home field advantage um but so the the cubs are 76 and 64 they're 12 games over 500 which is obviously their high water mark on the season but if you told me that that's where they were going to be at this point in the season as they headed into the all-star break i would have said you were crazy they are uh, 101 runs uh, as far as a positive run differential, pretty incredible. Yeah, it's like, a great story. For been, instance, they've been on a streak since the All Star All Star break. It's just been unbelievable. Like the Seattle Mariners, good team. They're one hundred and one as well in their uh, positive run differential. So, great story on the north side. Get your playoff tickets if, in fact, they host a playoff game. Right. Exactly. But again, I'm like stranger things happen. I think they're going to the playoffs. I'm I'm not ready to say get your playoff tickets right yet. Well, I mean the odds makers would. Well, I mean it's not a hundred percent though. No, it's at this particular time it's eighty seven point six percent. You'd get my money for a deposit with those odds. Well, yeah, you you have to. I mean, I think season ticket holders have already had to submit their playoff tickets. If, in fact, you had to place a bet on whether or not the Cubs will participate in the postseason, where would your money go? Well, it would always go with the 87% over the 13%. Let's go, then. Right. Get your playoff hat on. But I've I've seen weirder stuff happen. Wouldn't you be a little disappointed at this point if they missed it? Oh, hugely, Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, uh, uh, I think if in the last three weeks, three and a half weeks, they go from this point to not making the postseason, I think your season and the narrative of the season would turn on a dime. Oh, it's a nut punch. Yeah, I don't. I mean, think your you... expectation levels change over the course of a season in a sports, you know, in a sports league. Not only have they bounced back, like Waddle said, been resilient from the Reds. Uh, in losing those middle two games, and then you get the last one, and then you sweep the Giants. The Cubs, what they've done is one of the great surprises, too, of this year is Alzali. I don't know if we've talked about him. He went from a starting pitcher and a guy who you had hopes could fill one of the five, and he had been hurt, and then now not a starting pitcher prospect, to now being a clear-cut answer as your closer. He was tired. He, he was a, a guy needing rest. 
I believe they've given him a full five days off. Now. Yeah, I don't believe he's pitched in quite some time. So since blowing that Friday night game, they have given him exactly what he's needed. Rest. He has been overused, and they've given him rest, and they have won even with him not pitching. And they need that to with lighter now, too. He needs rest yeah, because he, he has not been good no. lately. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. I'm sure Wilbon has some things to say about the Cubs. He will join us coming up at five. If you want to talk some Cubs, if you want to talk some uh, football with us, don't forget we're at Timothy O'Toole's tomorrow. The start of the football season, we've got two Bears tickets. We're going to be giving away a pair of Bears tickets to one of our winners. Join us tomorrow, Timothy O'Toole's in the city. It's in Streeterville, that's 622 North Fairbanks Court. Be there tomorrow, 2 to 6. We'll talk some football, lots of Bears conversation. We're also going to have our wins pool draft, which is something fun that we did last year, drafting teams who we think will win the most amount of games in the National Football League. Um, so that's tomorrow. We hope to see you if you're in the city. If you're near the city, come on out and see us. A rare city appearance for us. Timothy O'Toole's in Streeterville tomorrow from 2 to 6. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. We're talking some Cubs and Bears and Packers, 312-332-3776. If you're just getting in your car, the Cubs did sweep the Giants, and they moved within a game and a half for first place behind Milwaukee. Fat Al wanted to talk about Excuse the Cubs. Me? Fat Al, that's what he calls himself. I'm not calling Al fat. Al, for the record, I'm not calling you fat. You called yourself Fat Al. It's P-H-A-T. It's a state of mind. Well done, oh, Okay, Al. all right. Because on my screen it says F A T. P H A T, please. Anyway, you know, everybody's talking about the Cubs this year. They're talking about Bellinger, about how Suzuki has played over the last few weeks. They're talking about their defense up the middle with Swanson and Horner. I want. I wanted to give some credit to Jan Gomes. Yes. The guy is not a youngster. I think he's 36 years old. He's hitting in the mid-270s. He's handled a young, a relatively young and inexperienced pitching staff. He's meant a lot for Justin Steele. uh, Who knows what it's been for uh, Roland Wicks. Uh, You know, just the staff in general. He's his defense has been excellent. Uh, you got to give this guy a lot of credit, way more than he's getting. That's all. Enjoy the show. Thank you, P H A T L. Listen, I called him Jan Bench. He's been clutch for you guys, and I echo some of what P H A T L said. He's in. Listen, you've got a bunch of guys right now in that dugout that are taking turns delivering in crunch time that you probably never, ever, ever thought they would contribute in the manner in which they have. No, a lot of them. No, I didn't think Madrigal would be a a good third baseman. A lot of people didn't think he'd be a good second baseman. Defensively, like runs saved that he has produced this year? It's pretty incredible. I tweeted last night, I said, Jan Gomes is good. Like uh, he is, he has delivered one clutch hit after another, and and your bench comment is 
after Johnny Bench. It's not someone off the bench for oh, right. for those who miss it. And not everyone was around for the great red, uh, the big red machine. So what? Do your homework. I, I'm okay. I know. I, most people, I'm sure, know. Does everyone but, need their hand held for every comment we're going to make over the next four hours every day, five days a week? So Jan Bench is what. There what you why, go. That's good credit right there. Do you know his home country. Do you know where Jan Bench came from? Jan Bench uh, came from where? Brazil. I was gonna say that. Damn you it. didn't though. I didn't. You, you know didn't. he. He was on the Indians the year the Cubs played them in the yes, World Series. I know that. He's also, I pointed him out to you when we were at Rich, Chicago you, Cubs. You did and he recognize came to him. dinner with his family, That's and I believe good. he was on the injured list. He was concussed With then. a concussion. Yes, he was concussed. I looked at you and said, hey, there's your catcher. I know. Jan Bench. It was good, good. I didn't call him Jan Bench at that time. He wasn't Jan Bench yet. He was yet. not Jan He Bench. was Jan Benched at that time. Yes. I thought uh, Jan Bench was born in Oklahoma City. That was Johnny Bench. Okay. How many? Uh, how many? You know how uh, the balls? game works? I'm trying to figure it how out. How many baseballs can Johnny Bench hold in one hand, Miller? Eight. Boom. He's good. What did he used to uh, advertise? Didn't he used to do the uh, uh, the Blue Emu? Blue Emu. Yeah, yeah. It's something it stinks, but it makes you feel good, or something like that. I forget what the tagline was. Matt and Streamwood, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Matt? Hey, Waddle. Hey, Sylvie. Thanks for taking my phone call. You got Waddle, it. Sylvie, I want to ask you two questions. One, regarding with the Bears, when they when they set that roster for 12 people, is it to what Mooney, is it to play Cape Mooney? Is Mooney the wide receiver three now? No. And that he was still, no. is he still mad that, you know, from no. last week? I know they said I, there was trade room. I think if you were trying to play Cape receiver, it would be mm-hmm. Claypool, not mm-hmm. Mooney. Yeah, Moody's fine. I don't, and I don't know why you th- I, like you would never feel the need to 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 play Kate Blassing game. No, no, no. Well, fullback, he's, he's like, fine. I don't care. List it's me if full- I'm a starter. Don't list me if I'm a starter. I don't care. Fullbacks always have yeah, right. They don't care. Ask J Mac about that. It's fullback just, doesn't need any shine, right? Yeah. I. It's just Darnell Moody listen, is I, like I, is is like is liked in that building as anybody. I, yeah, you talk to people. I mean, he works his ass off. So, I, look, I don't know. I don't know what the motivation behind it is. I've, I've never seen it. I'm not worked up about it. Really don't care. But I do find yeah, like touch the, it was just, it was, It's just weird that you put 12. Yurko discovered that. But, again, in the grand scheme of things, how depth charts, what do they really mean? I, here's let, what, let, here's what matters to me is where is Chase Claypool is not on the injury on, on the in, in, injured list. That is good news. Which is really good news. How equipped is he to play... 35 plays, 30 plays, 25 plays, 40 plays. I mean, that I think you can ask that question for a lot of guys. I'd that, like him to use his, his size and his physical ability. Isn't, isn't his next touchdown his first for the Bears? I would think so. I don't think there was a Chase Claypool. Was yeah, there a is. Chase Claypool? Mm-hmm. 14 catches, zero touchdowns for the Bears. Sounds like a big year for me back in the day. No. He, if he put up a Tom Waddle season of like... What? 60 catches, 700 yards? Give it to me. I never had 700 yards, I don't believe. Four, close. 400 yards. Yeah. No, no. Like you 50, had 600 yards? 600 something yards, yeah. Give me one of those years. I'll take it. I would too. Really? <laughs> yes. For Chase Claypool this year? Yes. Yeah, if our th- number three wide receiver now, who didn't have a training camp or any preseason, had 600 yards receiving... 
What if Chase Claypool has those numbers, but he's the second leading receiver on the team? Then that's not good. No, enough. no, no, that's not good. Not now, with the, now I need the, him to be, the tight ends. I need them to be important catches too. I need them to be in in crucial moments, converting some third downs. I need some red zone touchdowns from him this yeah, year. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, he he needs to be part of what you got going on for sure. There needs to be like five different people with that many. Then, yeah, six hundred yards. Like the two tight ends need to have that and. Mooney needs like they like it really all needs to be and DJ Moore needs then like a fourteen hundred yard season. Wasn't they like didn't we go over this the Tunyon catch total or yards on one of the was like a hundred yards. Yeah. He better have that yeah. in like two games. Yeah. All right, coming up next, Michael Wilbon joins us. How excited is he about the Cubs? We'll discuss that coming up next.